Hello and welcome to Nebraska Prep Zone Report, a podcast from the World Herald for your ears as Sodder is over here TikToking. <laughs> That's my co-host, Mike Sodder. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I'm good. And I am Jake Anderson. We are going to preview week six of Nebraska high school football, talk some recruiting news, and full disclosure, a little inside baseball. This season is flying by. On our show notes, I put week five. It is week six. Yeah, it's week six. It's a light schedule this week, but that's good because we have a lot of recruiting news to hit. So let's get right into class A. I have two games here. Number two, Millard West, five and oh. Hosting number nine, Carney, four and one. Yeah, um, tough test for Millard West, or tough test for both teams, I think. Um, Carney, obviously, Miko Mazer brings a different element. Um, he is clearly a, a fantastic runner. He's fully healthy this year. He's putting up big numbers. We'll see if that Millard West defense can be tested a little bit by him and that Carney offense. Um, this is, you know, Millard West beat Millard South last week, and it's one of the biggest. Um, games for them on their schedule left is Kearney this week and then they play Grand Island next week so um, looking ahead with these two weeks are pretty big for for Millard West if they can kind of escape those if you will then they're really good I think they're really good I think defensively they're fantastic for sure and Tristan Gomez is one of the best quarterbacks in the state so um, I you know it's definitely Kearney traveling to Millard West is going to be a tough one and um, you know, we'll see if, if Carney and Coach Cool has anything kind of in store as far as being able to, to move the ball and score against Millard West because, frankly, no one really has. Yeah, Millard West has survived all of their tests this season, or all of its tests. Um, I mean, they took down Millard South, and Millard South, heading into that game, was number two in the rankings. Right. So it's Millard, Millard West, I don't think has anything to prove here. It's to me, I want to see what Carney can do after that long road trip. Right. And it, again, you know, I, you have a, a guy like Miko Mazner who can score a bunch of different ways. You try and get him the ball, kick returns, punt returns, out of the backfield, um, just straight handoffs. I mean, catching the ball, all those things. He's pretty versatile. So he can be a game changer and game breaker for you. So. Uh, we'll see, you know, I'm sure Miller West will have something kind of specifically schemed up for him, but um, should be a tough kind of uh, test for maybe both teams, like um, two top ten teams, obviously, that are mm-hmm. traditionally really good. Yeah. Our other Class A game here, number seven, Elkhorn South, four and one, hosting number three, Millard South, also four and one. Mm-hmm. And I want to see what Elkhorn South can do here, respond um, after that loss to Bellevue West. Mm-hmm. What can they do here? But also Millard South, after the loss to Millard West, right? It's a it's a good test for both teams. Yeah, both teams bounce back after losing their games and nicely, right? They didn't weren't really tested uh, last week, but this game is going to be a battle of the trenches and kind of war yeah. of attrition. I, both teams have very good offensive lines. Uh, both teams have good enough athletes at the different skill positions. Uh, quarterbacks are pretty comparable I, I would say um you know yeah brown elliot brown for elkhorn south and tj urban who's uh, a junior and brown is a senior but both are athletic uh both run it uh more than they pass it uh, both teams run it significantly more than they mm-hmm. pass it too um so i i i guess if i'm kind of 
looking at the game, I, I think it's going to be a really low-scoring game. Yep. Um, when I say low-scoring, I mean you know maybe 24-21. No, nothing yeah. in the 30s or anything like that. Both um, teams can run the ball well. They'll control the clock. Right. Isaiah Harris from Millard South, right. one of the best running backs in the state. And Eli Husted for Elkhorn South is one of the best, too. Yep. So they, there's a little there's some comparisons there. I mean, both have kind of star offensive linemen. Yep. Uh, both teams have um, – Offensive linemen that are are really good that that don't get the kind of talk that the others do mm-hmm. uh, on their own team. So uh, you know whoever generally in football whoever can can win the line of scrimmage is going to win the game, and that in particular is this one is this game for sure. Um, not a lot of outside plays and passing yeah. and stuff like that. I think it's going to be uh, really just kind of. Uh, in between the hashes type of game, unless maybe an intro Taylor for Millard South can catch a jet sweep or something, and um, you know Guy Hunt's a, a really nice uh, kind of slot receiver mm-hmm. uh, for Elkhorn South that I, I like a lot, and um, he's uh, gonna have a game where he's gonna catch a few passes and break a few tackles and stuff and, and score a touchdown. So uh, just kind of waiting for that to happen. And Chase Perchel, if he's back, yep. if he's back, he's an absolute difference maker for Millard South, and we'll see if he's back. I, um, I don't know that yet at this point if he's yep. going to play this week. But, um, again, it, sh- it should be a fun game. I think it'll be a close game uh, and, and two pretty kind of evenly matched-ish teams. It's also the fan-voted Pinnacle Bank yeah, game of the week. Yeah, it's the Pinnacle Bank so game of the week. You'll be there. Yeah. Um, you'll have video of all the action, coach reaction halftime post-game, mm-hmm. at Mike Sodder, O-W-H, mm-hmm. and after the game on nebhsrecruiting.com, yep. um, as well as anypreps.com. Let's jump to Class B here. And this is a matchup that it might be my game of the week. I know those games in Class A are really good, but I'm really curious to see – what happens this one? Number five, Omaha Roncalli, hosting number nine, Elkhorn Mount Michael. Roncalli mm-hmm. comes in at three and two. Mount Michael comes in at five and oh. This is the first time I could see on record, or you know, as long as we can go back, five and oh, this late in the season for Elkhorn Mount Michael. Mm-hmm. It's Greg Wonderlich's third season. Last year, they finished six and four with a first round loss in 2018. Every year under him, they've kind of improved. Gotten better and better. His first year, 2017, they're four and five. But this is a program historically that hasn't been very good. I compiled Mm -hmm. their most recent records. So 2018, six and four. 2017, four and five. 2016, five and seven. 20 as recently as 2015, they're two and eight. So what? I guess let's. What can we expect from this one? Well, this is a like you said, like traditionally not not great, right? Um, for Elkhorn Mount Michael, this is a prove it game for them. Like if they can win this game, then it's like okay, you've done it. Now it's time to like I know Stu who does our ratings. He's moved them up to nine. You know, mm-hmm. finally like moved up a spot. Uh, after being undefeated. So if they can win this one, they'll jump right into the fray and be one of the teams that should be talked about to challenge, yeah. um, you know, maybe a Scott in, in uh, Scott or Waverly, like in that conversation. Cause I think Ron Colley's definitely in that conversation. So, yeah. um, you know, I, they lost two games, but I think, you know, as Ron Colley's a team, you don't want to play in the playoffs in particular, just cause their offense can get rolling on you pretty quick. Um, so if, if Mount Michael can go in and get the job done at Ron Colley, um, it'd be a pretty huge win for them, like you said. And um, I, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I, 
I, I haven't seen Mount Michael play this yeah. year um, yet, not, but I've seen Ron Colley twice. So um, it's it's definitely a, a, a tough challenge for Mount Michael, and, and we'll see. You know, if um, there's been some talk from Mount Michael fans and people saying, hey, what about us? What about us? What about us? Well, this is your time to go prove yeah. that. What about us on Friday night against a really good team? The Crimson Pride of bat are battle-tested. They're not going to make it easy. Right, no question. I mean, lost a close one to Scott, um, beat Bennington last week, kind of bounced back, lost two in a row, I guess, um, So and, and got ran on bad by mm-hmm. Waverly, 600 and some yards. Waverly, I think, is the real deal. So, yeah. um, in particular, offensively and running football. So, um, that, that's – you know, we'll we'll see kind of if Mount Michael can kind of take that sort of game plan of just pound the rock. And, and um, Ron Colley's had trouble stopping the run this year. And we know that Ron Colley loves to be a air it out, let's, you know, high-flying yeah. offensive attack. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we, you know, how do we project this one? Well, I, I like I said, I don't know. I, I haven't seen Mount Michael. I, I would say, obviously, Ron Colley gets sort of the nod just because Mount Michael's still a little bit of an unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this point, you know, they do have two losses, and their one loss was against a Waverly team that rushed for over 600 yards in a game, yeah. in that game. So um, tough to tell what happens, but when you have Jack Dolzer back there just making plays like he does, yeah. uh, he's awfully hard to beat unless he's making too many mistakes made a couple last week against Bennington on Thursday night. Um, but if he's making too many, then then obviously that'll affect you. So um, sometimes he tries to do a little too much. Uh, but, you know, when he is back there just breaking tackles and escaping pressure, uh, he's, he's awfully tough to stop. And then I have one game for Class C1. Number five, Wahoo Newman, 5-0, and mm-hmm. hosting number 10, Columbus Scotus, 4-1. and Right. Uh Teams, I, I think, don't really necessarily like each other that much. And that goes back to kind of football. A couple years ago, four, three, four, five, um, both teams were really good at basketball um, and met in the state finals back-to-back years. And you had really good athletes going back and forth. And uh, I think there's a little bit of there. I mean, obviously, two Catholic schools and the smaller classes – um, in sort of a general area uh, mm-hmm. of the state together. So, um, you know, it should be a, a close, really close game. Uh, it's at Newman. Um, and, you know, SCOTUS has a, a – they have like wins, you know, against each other and uh, or similar competition. So it could be a close game. And if, if Newman can kind of roll here against SCOTUS, then – you know, maybe they're for real and probably deserve to be talked about a little bit more than what we are. Yeah. And we really buried the lead here because the recruiting news <laughs> happened over the weekend. The recruiting news. Yeah. So Chucky uh, Hepburn to Wisconsin. Let's lead off with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I enjoyed um, your pieces that you had, the initial recruiting news. And then I always enjoy what what coaches say about this commit, what Wisconsin is getting in Chucky Hepburn. He's drawn comparisons to former Badger All-American Jordan Taylor. Right, which is pretty, I mean, that's, that's pretty lofty. awesome. Yeah, and, and Chucky's just a junior, so he has, you know, a whole two years, two seasons of high school basketball left. Um, and, you know, Jordan Taylor was a heck of a basketball player. Yeah. So when you when you have that comparison, I think the, the biggest thing is they're both 
re- exceptional leaders on and off the court. Um, teammates, you know, rally around them. Not just their own teammates, but in the in the school itself, they're mm-hmm. they're kind of influencers and 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 leaders. So um, that's important. All those intangible things. And then when you when you really look at it deeper, he fits exactly how Wisconsin likes to play. Um, he is when I say not the most athletic, that's not a knock. That's just not, yeah. he's not like, you know, 40 inch vertical and like getting crazy, you know, and he doesn't have crazy length, but what he is, he's super strong, can handle the ball and a very good on the ball defender. And even off the ball defender, he's great. He can jump passing lanes, uh, has great anticipation. Um, so I, I think that he fits extremely well to Wisconsin and, and how their culture and how they uh, yeah. like to play. And, and to speak to that good fit, I enjoyed this coach's quote you had. Chucky is athletically and physically ready to compete in the Big Ten. Right. He's extremely hard to keep out of the paint. I think he will fit well into how Wisconsin has typically played in the past. And that's and that's it's kind of exactly what I said. I mean, physic, yeah. physically meaning he's 6'1", 190, 195 right now already. He doesn't need to get any right. bigger or taller to be a point guard in the Big Ten. He, right. he just doesn't. And um, he's got enough bounce and quickness and all of those things. So um, there's nothing nothing really there. Now, the, the comparison that I kind of like to make with him, and maybe it's just because they're Bellevue West guards, yeah. is Antoine Young and Josh Dotzler. Um, Creighton fans or high school basketball fans will remember, um, Antoine was a great shooter, great scorer, and Josh was a great defender, great leader, great – um, all the intangible things. Chucky's kind of a mix of both. Yeah. He need, does need to shoot the three a little bit better, but he's a mix of both Antoine Young and Josh Dotzler. He can he can score and he can burst you in scoring, like big, quick hits, like where he can score a couple possessions in a row from uh, a three, a pull-up, a layup after a steal, those sort of things. Or he doesn't need to score for his team to win, and that's kind of how Josh was a little bit. Yeah. I know those Creighton fans that enjoyed watching Antoine Young were looking forward, hoping right. to have Chucky at Creighton. So the dominoes are starting to fall a, a little, little bit, bit in that yeah. 2020 recruiting class. Max Morell a few weeks ago. He's another uh, Another guy that Creighton fans were hoping to have. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And now Chucky Hepburn. How How is this kind of getting the ball rolling? Does this affect Hunter Salas at all? I, I don't think so. I, I don't think at all, really. Now, I, I did think... Um, for a while, I was like, hey, there's a possibility both these guys, Hunter and mm-hmm. Chucky, could go to the same place together because they're friends. They grew up friends. Um, they grew up playing summer or, or club basketball together. Um, and I, I thought that, that there was a possibility, hey, man, it wouldn't surprise me if they both end up at Nebraska or Creighton or something like that. So now I think that changes it. Hunter doesn't have an offer from Wisconsin. I'm not yeah. sure he really fits like their wings. They like bigger, kind of yeah. stronger dudes. And and Hunter's longer and a little more athletic, so uh, I, I'm not so sure that that that's a possibility. But I don't think it speeds up anything for Hunter. I right. think he's going to take his time. Uh, I think honestly, I think Chucky just found the right fit. That was the right fit for him. It's obvious. It's honestly a kind of a perfect fit. Yeah. Um, from he seems like a Wisconsin. Yeah, player. yeah, yeah. So that's that's probably the reason why he he jumped on it. And I don't blame him. I probably would too. Once you find it, there's no reason to mess around and get crazy. So, um, so who's who's the next big name that we could see committing? Who should we have uh, an eye on? Basketball wise, I um, 
Hmm. Uh, as far as Division One guys, Latrell Reitzel Jr. is the mm-hmm. one that has an offer right now, uh, or multiple offers, obviously, um, that hasn't. He has South Dakota State, North Texas, um, South, um, SIU Edwardsville is another school that is that has offered. Uh, uh, I can't remember the other one or ones, but that's okay. He did just take a, a visit to Tulsa recently, yeah. so and uh, they haven't offered yet, but. But he's the next kind of name. Okay. And the other name, big news from the weekend, that made Husker fans very happy mm. before the game, Teddy Prohaska, the big offensive lineman from Elkhorn South. And when I say big, I mean big. 6'9", right. 290. Right now they're projecting him an offensive tackle. As you've noted, he could also play on the defensive line. Um, what does he bring to Nebraska? Yeah, um, well... He brings they they need about uh, you know six nine um, two hundred eighty five pounds that looks like he's about two forty because he's kind of a slim two eighty five mm-hmm. um, so his frame is perfect it's great for what they need or great for adding you know getting him up to about three twenty three forty five he's offensive tackle he brings some nasty he's a better run blocker right now than pass blocker but that that's what they do at Elkhorn South is run the ball but. Um, he's tough. He's loud. He's vocal. Um, he's the the quintessential kind of uh, big time offensive lineman, just with his frame and the way he plays. Yeah. Um, so, do you think he projects more? And I know this may not be anything for you to answer as a right or left tackle. Um, probably more of a well, he played. I'd say probably more of a right tackle, just because he's you know six nine is pretty hard to protect mm-hmm. that backside real quick, but. Um, I, I I don't know. He probably played both. Doesn't matter. He's yeah. not going to kick inside because yeah. um, he's probably too big for that. But um, you know, if he if he um, I, I, he could play defensive line. I, that's just yeah. my opinion. Yeah. I think he could be maybe a nose, but that's that's honestly my opinion. I, Nebraska sees him as an offensive lineman um, and offensive tackle, but um, probably will be. I don't know. I bet probably more of a right tackle than left but we'll see and he's a guy that not just his own coach is mm-hmm. praising this stood out to me from your from your piece what other coaches say you know what nebraska is getting bellevue west michael huffman i mean yeah. he's produced bellevue west has produced division one athletes so he knows what he's talking about teddy's potential is through the roof his body size and length combined with the way he can move make me believe he will be a future all-american yeah i mean well and that just shows you i mean he's Again, yeah. he's 285, looks like he's 245 probably. <laughs> um, and he's he's a pretty humble kid, mm-hmm. quiet. Um, not not overly quiet, but he's just he's kind of a humble kid, just goes about his business. I know like his reaction was pretty cool to see when he told uh, Frost on the sidelines it was, you know, one of the people yeah. down there and um, you know, he's over there and then he starts shaking hands with the staff and they're hugging and stuff and like he, you could feel he, you could feel the relief from him, mm-hmm. and you could also feel like, um, uh, like he was a little embarrassed, a little bit. You could maybe, I mean, I, I, it, it kind of looked like it, like yeah. he was just kind of like, oh man, like all these people. Are. But um, 
that's sort of offensive lineman, I guess. Right. Uh, he's and he's been in Lincoln a, a ton. Yeah, for he's been there a ton for and camps and games. And he was and at Nebraska Pipeline camps. So yeah. Nebraska coaches know him. Yeah. You could tell he was a guy they really wanted to get. They offered him uh, what a year ago, yeah. a little over a year ago. And when they offered him, you kind of were like, "All right, other people are coming." But I felt I felt like it was only a matter of time. Yeah. Um, you know, you're talking about a top hundred offensive lineman, um, top 100 player in the country in, his, in the 21 class. Yeah. And, you know, one of the better offensive linemen in the country. So um, it's a pretty good get for Nebraska. Oh, yeah. Uh, him and Avante Dickerson, which is the exact, you know, opposite of him, a super quick, speedy, fast guy. Yeah. Um, that's, um, you know, those are the top two guys in the 21 class. Uh, right now and and they both have Nebraska offers we'll see what Dickerson does I think that'll be something you know maybe next spring or summer that he decides I'm not sure he'll he'll jump on anything that quick and I wanted to talk to you real quick you were in Lincoln Mm -hmm. and as Husker fans know despite the outcome of the game and how quickly it got out of hand it was a big recruiting weekend Mm -hmm. for them they had a lot of people on campus there are a lot of people impressed by the scene what was the overall – what was Saturday before the game? What was that like? Game day was there. Yeah, there was a lot of juice. I mean, there was the anticipation and the excitement. It was, it was there. I mean, in particular, like on the sideline, the tunnel walk was pretty jacked up. The recruits that were on the sideline for it were – I mean, had their phones out and like jumping up and down. Like they were excited. Um, honestly, like people think that – the the game and the outcome affects recruiting mm-hmm. and stuff and yeah it does to a degree but people really people as in recruits or yeah. prospects really look at it maybe more as an opportunity hey i can play right away mm-hmm. or they look at it like they, they it doesn't matter they're not the ones yeah. on the field playing they look at more of the atmosphere and mm-hmm. hey these fans stayed and all those sort of things versus what happened on the field that doesn't it's, really it's this, affect it's them. this atmosphere for a team that was four and eight last right year. right right so that that stuff matters so i i think that's some of the feedback that's been out there is mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter um it's all the stuff around the game that they really focus on anyway yeah um and the that's, facility announcement yeah the, the all, all of those things matter more than the actual outcome of the game yeah, I mean, weather plays into it. Yeah. All, all of that that stuff really affects things more than more than the you know forty eight to seven or whatever the final score was. It helps if they win because everyone's in a better mood. But um, I don't I don't think it matters that much. Can you give a little bit of the behind the scenes as much as you can? How much they or what they had some of those recruits do? Meet with Bill Moose, meet with Scott Frost. What kind of what was yeah, that? You know, I mean, like that's that that. Um, that happens. Moose kind of usually always comes out, or or the president and stuff shakes hands, introduces himself before the game, pregame mm-hmm. on the sideline things, um, and then it, it's funny because they always stick the 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 higher priority or profile guys in the middle of mm-hmm. the field uh, before the game, and then the other guys are on the sidelines. So it's kind of grouped, um, and it's interesting how they go about the groupings every now every week. Um, so. Uh, that's basically all they do is just to hang out and stuff like that. I mean, there's no, you know, obviously they do dinner for official visits is a lot more. You do dinners and all of those things. Um, but that's, that's, that's a, an official unofficial visits are just 
you know, you basically go to the game, you hang out yeah. maybe in the locker room a little bit before the game, and um, maybe they have a little bit of spread of something to eat, maybe a little, um, mm-hmm. but nothing, nothing really more than that. All right. Well, that's all we have for today. Until next week, I'm Jake Anderson, Mike Sodder. Be sure to check us out, anypreps.com. Hit that subscribe button. Thanks for listening.